Hello and welcome dreamers. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the Dreamcast Years podcast, the place where we discuss the golden years of gaming, which I've decided were between 1997 and 2008. Uh, as some have pointed out uh, after listening to the last episode, uh, we perhaps didn't give quite enough reverence to the inspiration for all this, which was uh, Sega's final console, the, the Sega Dreamcast. Um, therefore, I'll be sure to give it a little bit more love going forward. For those of you who skipped episode one, here's what you can expect. Each time we'll cover one of the 12 golden years in chronological order. That means that this time we'll be looking at all things 1998. We'll take a couple of small detours though on the way. Uh, we'll quickly look back at the previous year and briefly look forward to the year to come. Um, you'll get a lovely summary of life in 1998 before I dive into talking about the big games of the year with my co-host and today's guest. Speaking of, I should probably introduce them. Firstly, it's the gentleman who, spoiler alert, won your hearts and minds in the Game of the Year companion cast with his winning pitch of GoldenEye 007 for Game of 1997. Uh, it's that there Dreamcast barber, it's Richard Elsie. How are you? I'm good. I'm, I'm glad I finally won something. So it's, it's, it's a first, fantastic moment in my life. <laughs> um, and it was, a, well, it's a pretty good game. I can't say I've played much of it, as we heard in, in the podcast, but there it's you go. Right. Everybody agreed. Everybody seemed to agree. Uh, I think it was over 50% of people who actually chose it. So there you go. <laughs> you did something right. <laughs> I, think Blade, I think Blade Runner got a drubbing though, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> uh, which will come back to haunt me next time. <laughs> um, so um, also joining us today is our esteemed guest. It's the man from Del Monte. Uh, no, I kid. It's the man from Game Tripper UK, senior contributor at Forbes Games, uh, the wonderful sub-editor for my forthcoming book, Dreamcast Year One, and now a pal of mine, it's Mr. Matt Gardner. How are you? I am absolutely wonderful, and thank you very much for having me. It's my first ever podcast experience, so wow. it's all new. It's a pleasure to have you. Uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, I was going to say it's, it's an honour to pop your cherry, but I think that's, that's a bit too much. <laughs> on, only you, only you. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> um, well, now that the pleasantries uh, pleasant are out of the way, um, I'm going to ask what's possibly the most important question of the whole podcast. Uh, Matt, what is your favourite Dreamcast game? Ah, uh, you see, now this is a bit of a weird one for me because mm. um, looking back. My first and most enduring memory of playing a Dreamcast was playing Sega Rally. Mm. And yet, the one that sticks with me most is Power Stone. Power Stone is a, probably the first real four-player experience that I properly enjoyed um, uh, when my mate got his brand-new Dreamcast a long time ago. Um, but it would be remiss of me not to also mention Soul Calibur and Crazy Taxi, um, just for the effect yeah. they've had on me since. Um, but I would say Power Stone just for the sake of uh, answering that question. Okay. Oh, to clarify, you said four players. Is Power Stone 1 or Power Stone 2? Ah, now that may... Is Power Stone 1 only two-player? Yeah, it's only two-player. Oh! Power Stone 2. Now, the thing yeah. is, he had both. So I have the feeling that I I know for a fact I played the first one. But okay. I may be getting my memories mixed up. It's that long ago. It's a long it time is, ago. Christ, it must be 19 years ago? Yeah. Maybe yeah, it's 19. the... It's the 20th anniversary. It was a launch title, wasn't it? The first game, wasn't it? The first game was a launch title, yeah. yeah the second course, one would have launched yeah. in 2000, I think. Must so have been. that wow. will be 19 years ago. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's, wow. a, that's a horrible mistake from me, a man who should know his games, <laughs> quite frankly. But I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll change it to Crazy Taxi. Everyone okay. knows Crazy Taxi. <laughs> they do. And it's a good game, too. Yeah, it's a very good game. Yeah, very good. 
um, which Rich knows very well because he's just been writing about it. I did. Oh, wow. <laughs> did, which, uh, Matt, you'll actually be editing at some point in the near future. Oh, I'm wonderful. Sorry. I'm sorry you have to do that. <laughs> Good luck. I'm sure um, it'll be wonderful. Yeah. I've read it. It's good. It's good. Um, yeah. So it's just a little tidbit for the people. T- tidbit? Tidbit. That's the word, <laughs> isn't it? It's tidbit. It's a bit of a tip. It's a tidbit for the uh, backers of the book there, if you're listening. Uh, Rich is writing a Crazy Taxi uh, retrospective, so look forward to that. Um, okay, uh, let's move on uh, by having a little bit of a flashback to the topic of our first podcast, which was 1997. Uh, we've already discussed some of the games uh, during the Companion podcast, if you've listened to that, um, which um, I think I've mentioned a few times the, uh, the podcast now. So if you haven't already listened to Game of the Year edition, yeah. go and listen to it. Um, but I'll remind us of some of the big games. Uh, so we had Final Fantasy VII, we had Super Mario 64, uh, Mario Kart 64, Goldeneye, which is like the year of nine, the N64 basically, uh, Grand Theft Auto, Blade Runner, Tomb Raider 2. Matt, do any of those stand out as being amazing games to you, big games? Mm, well, the thing is, I can't, you, you can't not... I, I find myself in a very awful position these days because I loved and grew up with Goldeneye. And mm. Final Fantasy. Everybody loves Final Fantasy VII. Don't need to say anything about that. You know, it's what some everybody said everything I ever need to say about that. Mm-hmm. Gold and I, I went through a period of utterly hating it because it aged so badly at one point. Yeah. And yet it's come full circle. I played at the National Media Museum in Bradford uh, not so long ago, and it actually felt really good. And mm. I don't know if it's just you know just trying to go against the mold against everybody else who lords it about it, but. Goldeneye really is a good game, and it still is. Um, even if the C buttons are awful, but uh, yeah, that does it for me. Go ahead, Mario Kart 64, though. Mm, no, worst no? Mario Kart ever made, in my opinion. Oh really? I'm putting it out there, wow. including Double Dash. <laughs> okay. Wow. Okay. Uh, weirdly, I think me and uh, my friend, so Steve, who's on the um, the, uh, the the side podcast that we have, he came over to visit me, and uh, we all kind of put the uh, the SNES online thing on the switch and we had a go of um mario kart uh, super mario kart and my goodness oh. that has not aged well that is... <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty bad i I'd, I'd, I'd wager that's possibly worse than mario kart 64 mm, i don't know no i think it's a lot more playable it's a lot, a lot more zippy i find i think mm. there's something there's something that feels quite sluggish about mario kart 64 now oh, okay i don't know what it is it's by no means a slow game, but I, I don't know. It just doesn't hold up well compared to any other um, you know, entry in the series. It's I don't the, know what it is. It's yeah. the cl- I think it's the classic thing of N64 games when they tried to do that 3D thing and it ended yeah. up just looking grubby and you had these quite sharp backgrounds, quite sharp, crisp, colourful backgrounds and then the, the actual player characters with the anti-aliasing, yeah, it just looked, yeah. it looked really grubby and horrible. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. I, I hear that the N64 doesn't hold up well today in terms of when you connect it to a modern TV, it looks pretty New. pretty terrible. I, re- I remember connecting my N64 to my TV, I think maybe about five or six years ago, and I tried playing uh, Episode 1 Racer. I right. couldn't see shit. It was just completely <laughs> like, it was just like every single colour was just bleached out. Like I wow. could not see anything. <laughs> and I've yet to actually find a solution. I actually got rid of my old CRT. I actually want to get another one now. Right. Because it's the only way I can play N64. Yeah. And I'm refusing to spend 150 quid for that new uh, HDMI adapter. Oh, that's... Pricey. Uh, I'm, I'm not paying that. 
yeah. Well, same with the PlayStation Two as well. You know, it's yeah. just it, the, the the lag playing it. It's like half a second to a second, depending on the game. It feels and it's just unplayable on a on a modern mm. telly. Dreamcast on the other hand looks fantastic. Well, yeah, it does. <laughs> Very true. Um, it looked fantastic at the time, though. I always remember it yeah. being like the brighter, in terms of color, just the colors of all the games. The brighter console out of every, every other one, like the PS2, the N64, all look quite dull in comparison. I don't know if that was just me, mm. but yeah. No, definitely. So 1999 was a big year. Um, we'll be discussing it in big detail in episode three, of course, um, which should go out the same month as the 20th anniversary of the Dreamcast launch in the EU, uh, which is October. Um, but some of you might wonder why we're not going to mention much about it this e- this episode. After all, the Dreamcast launched in Japan in November 1998. Um, but um, as you may have noticed um, from our lovely accents, we're a UK-based podcast. Um, so we'll just talk about anything that is... Um, we'll talk about games that came out in the UK on the date they came out in the UK. Um, If they never came out in the UK, uh, then we'll talk about um, them in the year that they came out in Japan or America. But anyway, I did promise that we'd talk a little bit about some Dreamcast. So while we're talking about 1999, um, there were games such as Sonic Adventure, Power Stone. um, We've got uh, other games elsewhere on other consoles. We've got Final Fantasy VIII, Metal Gear Solid, uh, which was released in February 1999 in the UK. Um, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, Driver. There's loads, actually, in 1999. Am I missing any? Uh, Chef's Love Shack. uh, Chef's Love Shack, of course. (laughs) Matt? (laughs) (laughs) The the one you've absolutely robbed me of today that I really wanted to talk about, and then I found that it was released in... Oh, it was March... 1999 over here is Ridge Race Type 4. Um, oh, my I love God. That game. I was so excited to talk about it because it's the best racing game ever made. And you've invited me to 1998. And... I love the game. Oh, man. Absolutely well, we're, we're talking about 1999 for a little bit. Go on, have at it. What did you want to say about Ridge Racer? Oh, Ridge Racer Type 4 may be the most complete racing game ever made. And uh, it doesn't have all the bells and whistles of all of its. Uh, competitors at the time uh, I think the thing is is that um, the racing games on the PlayStation were a really interesting uh, evolution because when it first started you had your like your micro machines and your daft little games mm-hmm. and then there was this almost this kind of rush towards who can be the most grown up and you had Codemasters who decided to um, abandon Micro Machines in favour of the likes of Talk Touring Cars over here. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, obviously, Gran Turismo came along and torpedoed everything. Um, so they decided to do Colin McRae Rally and start the whole rally revolution. But then, after that, uh, Namco just decided, well, you know, let's just stick to what we're good at. Um, except this time we'll do more than two racetracks in a game, you know. Um, apart from Rage Racer, Rage Racer was very good but very difficult. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rage Racer Type 4 was it had the tightest gameplay, mm-hmm. and the eight tracks it had, was it eight? I think it was eight racetracks. Mm-hmm. But it had yeah. 320 cars. Well, 321 if you count Pac-Man. And I actually got Pac-Man. It took <laughs> yeah, me two years. <laughs> but I got it. So, yeah, it's a wonderful, wonderful game. Yeah, I still think, honestly, it's the best-looking PlayStation 1 game has ever been released yeah. it just looks fantastic i mean they, they did they took ridge racer and they kind of dressed it up in gran turismo clothes i mean the replays like you yeah. said the depth the number of cars mm. it was a really clever mishmash of the arcade game and then kind of where the simulation part of the genre kind of went with just the sheer amount of content Absolutely. i really loved what namco did yeah 
it, it was and the a, menus look snazzy as well they do yeah it was like really was i was gonna say it was really <laughs> modern it was it was modern for 1999 um <laughs> but it was it was really i mean i think that was the game that introduced me to arcade races and just the, the amount of drifting that you could do was uh, yeah mm. I, I i still get annoyed if i come to a, a, a racing game and there's no drifting at all it's like i'm just that embedded in in arcade game in arcade racing gameplay 100 um, agree with you there yeah and i think that's we need to, to talk about the intro sequence as well that game that is one of the best intros oh. on the playstation she's mm. the one for me there's no place <laughs> i'd rather be well listeners i bet you didn't think you'd get some singing today but there you go <laughs> there might be more to come later with the game i've got for, uh, no, oh okay be warned <laughs> um and it, they, they introduced um is it is it raiko was that the name of yeah. the yeah she... i forget the surname uh, raiko nagazi i think it was yeah yeah and she was in the, all the future games as well wasn't she that, that they did as far as i remember but she was the big deal if i remember because it wasn't it mm. the ps2 they did a um like a uh I can't, the, 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 like a demo reel and she was like part of it if i remember rightly am i thinking correctly I think I am for Ridge Racer Five. Sure. Anyway, it's probably just me talking shit. Um, <laughs> move swiftly on. Um, <laughs> um, so let's get into the nooks and crannies of 1998. Um, I'll start us off like last time with a few facts about that year. Uh, so let's go. Uh, the O2 Arena in London began construction in 1998. Uh, back then, it was known as the Millennium Dome, and by all, by all accounts, it was a little bit shit. Um, that's why it got closed down, and then it was saved from demolition to be turned into one of the nation's biggest entertainment venues instead. So all's well, ends well. Um, the first DVDs were released in the UK in 1998, which I found quite like, weird. Um, I don't know why I found that weird. Yeah. I, I thought it was much later than that. That was exciting. Yeah. Um, one of the first ones that was released was Jumanji. And in total that year, 6,000 discs were sold in the UK. Wow. So there you go. Wow. Yeah. Um, Linda McCartney, uh, wife of the Beatles member John, uh, died on the 17th of April 1998. Uh, so her animal rights activism and vegetarianism led her to create a range of vegetarian foods uh, based, uh, branded with her name, uh, which is still hugely popular. I do love a good Linda McCartney sausage. I don't know about you guys. The, the chorizo ones are absolutely banging. They're pretty good, aren't they? Yeah. Does feel weird to say that though, knowing that it was actually a person you're branding it with her name, and she's no longer here. Uh, that's how we remember her now is through sausages. Um, so Titanic was the biggest grossing film of this year, um, but we also saw the first American adaptation of Godzilla, um, and yeah, yeah. Sausage. Good soundtrack. Good soundtrack. Good soundtrack yeah. Bad film. Um, and we also saw the, the classic Saving Private Ryan released and the first X-Files movie, which is also not a great film. Um, the popular British sitcom The Royal Family started. It first aired on British TV in this year, um, as did Victoria Wood penned comedy Dinner Ladies. I don't know if anybody else remembers Dinner Ladies. That was, uh, that was a good one. A uh, bit of a a quiet a soft comedy that one but it was quite good <laughs> uh, um we all became enthralled by fly on the wall documentary airline which i still think you should bring back and recently actually they couldn't because it would everything would be closed um <laughs> this pointless um and also the recently revived quiz show who wants to be, be a millionaire premiered on the 4th of september on itv in 1998 that's older than that wow yeah it's very old um, why huh it feels like it's older than you think it's older than 98 years ago 
<laughs> yeah, I don't know why. It was like 94, 95 maybe. Yeah. Chris Tarrant was, well, Chris Tarrant is like a, he's like an older, like you do, you associate it with stuff that's older. Does anybody else remember, was it Tarrant on TV? I, I used to love that. love that. That was good. It was one of the most awkward shows to watch my parents say when well, it just yeah. got really sexual. I was like, oh dear. <laughs> I just wanted the Japanese TV commercials to come back, uncle. Like, this is bloody awkward now. Like, going back to Tarrant, did anyone have the uh, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire game on the Dreamcast? Or No. No, I didn't. Is it? Was it good? <laughs> it was really good. Was it? Yeah, I had, no, it was, I had it the fun. weakest link on PlayStation 1, oh, which was the most that. rigged game I've ever played in my life. <laughs> really? <laughs> oh, yeah. God. Yeah. Uh, the the um, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire <clears throat> game on the Dreamcast was one of only, like, two um, games that only released in the UK on Dreamcast, I think. Mm. Which oh, is wow. quite interesting. One, 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 The other one, I think, was some kind of snooker game, because obviously nobody else really likes snooker apart from us. Um... <laughs> So, what else? Um, there were some huge American TV shows that started this year, including the likes of Will and Grace, uh, Dawson's Creek, Sex in the City, and um, Mortal Kombat Conquest. Uh, Conquest spelt with a K, of course. Um, I don't even remember that show, to be perfectly honest. I'm not, I can't recall it whatsoever. Um, and uh, due to the enormous popularity of Titanic, Celine Dion's My Heart Will Go On was the biggest selling single of the year. Uh, not far behind was Cher with Believe, which I think everybody remembers. Uh, <laughs> Matt's there pulling a face. On a Sunday afternoon, <laughs> that being number one. Was just, oh. Yeah, I, I remember that year being basically that's those two songs, My Heart Will Go On and Believe by Cher, were basically just playing everywhere. Uh, yeah. Um, believe it or not, 1998 was also the year that we, uh, we saw Bewitched and Billy Piper burst onto the music scene. Matt, this sounds, uh, the look on your face, this looks like it's definitely your type of music. Back in <laughs> oh, goodness me. My uh, my partner, my uh, my recent fiancé, in fact, is a huge Bewitched fan. And, um, yeah, it's inescapable in the night out, quite frankly. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Well, Cella is a classic. Come Cella on. V is a classic. Yeah. Well... What was it about the, the amount of money in the Irish music scene in the late 90s? Because you had, you had them, you had Boys On, you had Westlife. They had some kind of monopoly. It and they did Flatly as well. I mean, I remember every oh. Christmas, it would be a VHS. My mum would get, like, it would be Lord of the Dance, River, da- <laughs> River Dance, some variation of Irish dancing. It was just everything yeah. Irish then. Did you know as well that the twins from Bewitched are actually the sisters of one of the members of Boys On? So you oh, go really? Relate, yeah. Wow. Uh, another fun thing. fact: Did you know that the um, the uh, Chuckle Brother who died recently was the dad of the other Chuckle Brother? <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> <laughs> I had to think for um, a second. Like, really? Yeah. <laughs> um, the, no- the number of people I've gotten with that lie is absolutely unrivaled. <laughs> uh, you, you could believe it, though. The thing is, you could believe it. <laughs> yeah. Looking at them, he looked like um, he was born forty-five, doesn't he? But... Yeah, I actually met both of them when I was like a kid. <sighs> Um, they did a performance, and I got a, I got a signed autograph from them afterwards. And oh, my brother God. was a, my brother was a dick when we were kids, and he got mad at me one day, and he tipexed over their signatures. Um, oh. Yeah, I, I was gutted, absolutely. Gutted. I was going to say, oh dear, oh dear, oh dear, oh dear, <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. <laughs> uh, so um, I'll I'll just mention a couple of other facts, and then we'll get on to it. Um, I'm just going to mention it was the year that Madonna's one of Madonna's biggest albums, Ray of Light, was released. And who can forget the novelty single Chocolate Salty Balls by Chef from South Park. That was also released in 1998. There you go. South Park was huge back then. Huge. 
Mm. Um, so I think I've gone on long enough, uh, to be honest. So I'm going to let somebody else talk now as we delve into the big gaming releases of this year. Um, just to note that we will be rating each game as we go um, as either uh, if we think it's a game changer, um, a game, um, yeah, it was, it was a game, uh, or if it was pretty shit. Um, so feel free to use your um, biggest big boy swear word um, to call out the games that you think are pretty awful. Although, to be honest, looking at the list I've got in front of me, I'm not sure that any of them are going to be shit, so we'll find out. Um, so first up on the list um, from 1998, we've got uh, Half-Life, uh, which released on the PC in November 1998. Matt, any particular memories of Half-Life? Um, so I was quite late to the Half-Life train. Um, I <laughs> played it uh, on PlayStation 2 for the first time, wow. actually, if I remember rightly. And it was god-awful, um, <laughs> on that experience at least. Um, mm-hmm. The thing about Half-Life is that it's one of those games that you realise how good it is after a few years. Because if anyone in the world could pretend that that storyline was any good, especially the final third, needs to have a word with themselves. It was redeemed with Half-Life 2. Mm-hmm. But Half-Life 1, especially when you go to Zen and you've got the that big thing with the big sack of baby face hugger things. And I don't know, it didn't wash with me at the time, but looking back at it, it was an absolutely phenomenal piece of work. And technically speaking, it was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. These are the opinions of at game tripper UK. So please at him and not me. Um... <laughs> That's me done. That's me done on Twitter. <laughs> um, Rich, uh, do you agree, disagree with, uh, with what Matt had to say there? Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I never played it through to completion, but I remember playing it on the PC back in the day and just being really amazed by the opening because mm. it was like I'd never experienced that in a game before, the really heavy, heavy narrative, just kind of going about your normal day, going to work, just building up to the moment, basically, you know, the shit hit the fan. Mm-hmm. It, was, it wasn't like a game I played before where I was usually just jump into a level and you know, immediately you've got conflict, you've got enemies. It was just this slow burn. Mm. And I remember finding that quite terrifying. And obviously we're quite used to that nowadays. That's kind of the norm with heavy heavy narrative experiences. But yeah, back in 98, very different. Yeah, So absolutely. I think I mentioned last time it was that the story happened around you. I really wanted to come out on the Dreamcast though. Well, it did. Well, I've got a copy of it on the Dreamcast, so it did, just not officially. What were we thinking then? Half-Life, um, was it? I mean, Matt, it doesn't sound like it was a game-changer for you. I mean, it, I, I know that for all, the, for all the criticism I give it, I think it was it was one of those ones that at the time uh, it didn't wash with me because there was so many other first-person shooters I preferred to play. Mm. Um, in real terms, though, it, it's of course it's a game-changer. It can't, it, you can't put it as anything else. Um, mm. Even if it's because it led to Half-Life 2, at the worst push but in real terms i do believe it's a game changer okay uh rich what about you no no i can agree with that i mean yeah very influential fps um you know nowadays we think of valve as just making steam but mm. back then they actually made games influential game. <laughs> so, no absolutely a game changer definitely cool yeah um Steve from the Game of the Year podcast um, was very disappointed he couldn't talk about Half-Life and he very specifically mentioned to me, please do Half-Life right. So all I'm going to say is, I hope we did. Um, And it was definitely a game changer for me as well. And Steve would definitely say it was a game changer. Um, He's a big fan of the game. Um, 
so yeah, I think that's, to be honest, I think that's all we can say on, on a matter. Terrible PS2 port. Uh, I don't think the Dreamcast port's very good. Um, but the PC version ran well, and it was a good game. There you go, Steve. Um, so let's move on to the next game, um, which um, Rich, I guess, will be happy with because it's on the N64. Uh, and that is Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, which launched in December 1998. Do I remember rightly that either you've not played this, Rich, or you just didn't play very much of it? Which one was it? I played it. You played it? Yeah, I, I, I always go back to the game I got for Christmas, but that was, yeah, that was my Christmas from a 98 game. Uh, so so that, was, that was the big one. 97 was Goldeneye, therefore. Yeah. Yeah, okay. 98 was it. I think, I do believe it was this, and then I got like Turok 2 as well. So I got a few games that year, but no, Zelda was the big one of that year. I mean, I remember the TV ads leading up to... You know the day of release. Mm. There was a very sexist ad as well. They got in trouble for the whole. Uh, will thou st- um, save the girl? Will thou st- play like one? Ooh. Oh. And I was like, ooh, wouldn't get that nowadays. No, that would not fly. But I, yeah, but anyway, going back to the game, it, it's Ocarina of Time. I mean, for a long time, that was the benchmark Zelda. I think for many people. Mm. I mean, you know, before the days of uh, Breath of the Wild, but. I never, I never, I never bloody completed the game. That's terrible. I know. Oh yeah. Do you have Do you have a three DS? No, I never did have the three DS. No. So I never played any of like the uh, the remakes. But I think I think I got as far as the uh, Dodongo Dragon, and then I just dropped off. Um, yeah. So, but no, it's still it's still a phenomenal game. But mm. I've never gone back to it. I've, I own it now. I've got it again. Okay. But I have not played it in about two years. Right. So maybe one day I'll go back. Cool. Yeah, sounds like you should. Um, Matt, what about you? Um, have you have you played it? Is this going to be another one that um, you might get asked out on Twitter because of your oh, opinions? Matt's going to be a twat again. No, he's not. He's going to. Don't you worry about it. I've got this one covered. Um, so uh, N sixty four. I had obviously I had a PlayStation growing up, but every summer I used to swap with my friend who had an N sixty four, and it always felt like I was being um, I was being short traded because I'd have about thirty five games. And he had about seven. But then, because all seven were made by Nintendo or Rare, didn't really matter. You only needed three <laughs> games anyway. And Ocarina of Time was the first one um, of those. And I borrowed the console off him all summer. And I played only Ocarina of Time and Blasco. And Ocarina, I even got past on my own the Water Temple because I figured out the Iron Boots trick quite quick. And um, I still can't do it now. It's the only time I've ever done it without a guide. Um, Ocarina of Time, the music alone makes it an absolutely mm. beautiful piece of work. Um, the art style was fantastic. I always used to name Link as Arcy, A-R-S-E-Y, um, which is something that I've taken through to today, um, so many years <laughs> on. It still makes me laugh. Um, but I I really... I, I don't think I have a bad word to say about it. I really don't. It's, it's just so beautiful. Um, from start to finish. There's some bits that don't really make sense, like, you know, that mirror link, kind of bad guy link fight. Am I getting... I'm not getting mixed up, am I? I'm not going to do that again on this podcast. I can't do that again. Um, But, uh, and it's also better than Majora's Mask, because Majora's Mask sucks. There's the bomb. There's (laughs) there's what's going to turn Twitter against me. Majora's Mask sucks. I I think Ocarina of Time had one of my earliest, like, real big gaming moments when I first stepped out on the Hyrule field. And then going into like the the um, courtyard of like Hyrule Castle, and you've got all the pre-rendered backgrounds. That was quite 
impressive at the time, especially on the N64 as well, where you know anything pre-rendered took up a lot of cartridge space. Mm. But yeah, it just looked really looked beautiful. It did. Yeah, um, I'm not sure. I mean, I don't think I've I haven't played a lot of it because I never had an N64, so I've not got a huge amount to say. Um, I have it on the Wii U now, but it's because it's on the Wii U, which is only like a what, like a six, seven-year-old console. In the last six or seven years, I haven't actually got around to playing it. <laughs> So there you go. It's on there. I have it. You know, I can say I've got it. Um, but yeah, what you were saying earlier, Rich, about how it was everybody's kind of benchmark Zelda for a long time, and that's kind of mm-hmm. true. It's now Breath of the Wild, I think. I think that's what everybody oh, yeah. kind of aims for now. Even Ring Fit Adventure, apparently. Did you see that today? There's oh, the uh, uh, eating animation. The like eating animations and the, or... the menu system is basically completely ripped from Breath of the Wild, interestingly. Um, so yeah, it was... It's a game that I think I've I've seen played a fair bit, but just not haven't played that much for myself. I think I've played like maybe the opening area. Um, all right, let's uh, let's see what what do people think. Is this is this a game changer then, Rich? Are we thinking game changer? Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> Come on, absolutely. For many, the biggest probably the biggest N sixty four game that was ever released. I mean, yeah, it has to be. Brilliant, Matt. Uh, yeah, ditto just leave it there but it's just there's there's no better way to put it quite frankly great just throw majora's mask in the bin apparently is this is your yeah it's advice right there you go <laughs> um <laughs> uh, telling it like it is uh, apparently um i'll say game changer as well just because i know it was a big uh, uh a big zelda release and uh, kind of uh, set the set the tone i think for zelda games in the future and rpgs to an extent as well uh, action games um okay one that i can definitely talk about because i have finished it played it completely probably a couple of times um is the next one this one's on ps1 uh, released in april 1998 and it is resident evil 2 um so yeah uh, matt what memories do you have of resident evil 2 he's making a little live heart symbol with his hands so that should say everything so um resident evil 2 i had a i had a very weird fascination with um and it's because back in the day cvg magazine used to do the um who can do the fastest run through different games um and they included resident evil 2 i think it was albeit very briefly and uh i decided that i wanted to get the fastest time so i used to play it religiously nightly and I think I got my completion time down to under two and a half hours, um, which basically it, it gets a little bit insane after a while because you will get stuck on a bit of scenery and you'll be an hour and a quarter in and you'll reset the console and start again. Um, it, it turned into that kind of thing for me. But um, in real terms, I honestly think that uh, Resident Evil 2, I don't think it was ever bettered in terms of survival horror in uh, in in PlayStation, in the, especially in that generation. Uh, Resident mm. Evil 3 was a fantastic game, but it was much more action-orientated. Resident Evil 2 had a lot of faults with it, and the story wasn't particularly great, and the acting was terrible. Although that kind of lends a bit of credit these days. Um, I, I, I honestly believe that Resident Evil 2, I, I think the only game that's ever come close to it is Silent Hill, the original. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of the combination of fear and gameplay, and uh, I've written about uh, the song Secure Place on Game Tripper as well, actually, because it's one of those songs that it's as soon as you get into a safe room, I've never felt so much comfort 
as as entering that safe room, you get that light piano in the background. That is that is the safest music you'll ever hear in a game because mm-hmm. everything else is just horrific. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, going back to what you were saying about Half Life, the first ten minutes of that game, when you go through Robert Kendall's shop and you get your, yourself all the way to the um, in the station, you meet the first liquor. I, I don't think there's a there's a ten minute sequence greater than that in a, in an opening game. And mm-hmm. uh, they even had that in a demo, a ten minute long demo on PlayStation magazine. I think it was demo thirty one, yeah. thirty two, an official PlayStation magazine. I must have played that to death. So yeah. Um, no, no arguments from me on that one. Yeah, definitely. Well, we can already say basically with very, very good accuracy. You think that one's a game changer? Um, did you did you play the um, the remake? Have you played the remake yet? Uh, no, because uh, as I've gotten older, I've also become uh, quite fearful of absolutely everything in life. And my gaming rig is on the top floor of my house in the loft. Mm. And my missus has a habit of turning off all the lights in the rest of the house, and it's too <laughs> it's too realistic for me to jump out and then jump back into the real world. It's <laughs> it's just too much. It's it's too it's too well done. It's just too well done. I, I can't. I know I know the original at the back of my hand. If it was like the original and it was the same rooms and the same corridors, I'd have been fine. But mm-hmm. nah, 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 nah. There we go. Um, Rich, Resident Evil Two. That's a difficult one. My memories of Resident Evil 2 um, really do kind of are limited to the actual demo disc that came out. That's the most I really played of that game. Mm. Massive zombie fanatic, but in terms of real classic Resident Evil, it was never a series I really got on with. I mean, the the play style, I was never a big fan of like the tank controls. So I never played it a lot, but I remember the demo kind of give me the shit I, it, it was I mean as much as you know obviously the first Resident Evil had that real kind of more haunted house feel mm-hmm. as Resident Evil 2 felt more like I was in a George Romero movie and that pulled me in yeah got you know obviously everything with the gun shop when, when you first appear in the streets and there's just zombies surrounding you and it's just it was a very tense moment for me it was the most yeah probably the most scary video game experience I had at that time mm-hmm. um yeah, so the gunshot bit, that was one of the classic scares, definitely. Um, but yeah, I never really played it, so there's not a lot I can say. Definitely haven't played the uh, remake, and I never will. Um, wow. Yeah, I just, that just looks... I've watched some Let's Plays of that, and I just think I could never play this. I'm just too scary. too Way too scary. <laughs> oh my god, okay. I, I, I feel like you've not played so many of the games that we talk about, Rich, or at least you've not completed them. I'm... I'm yeah, I'm... <laughs> I mean, I can't talk, I, to be fair, but... I do play games. I'm not a fake gamer, honestly. <laughs> like... Promise. But, yeah, I'm I'm a bit more... Uh, I'm not... I'm not, just, I'm not <laughs> yeah, I'm not like a lot of people, trust me. Some of the series I uh, gravitate to towards aren't the same as other people. Mm. So, yeah, I don't do Final Fantasies. I don't do all the Resident Evils. But you'll find in the uh, coming episodes the, uh, the weird taste that I have. Interesting. Okay. Um, looking forward to it. Um... <laughs> And I guess, well, ne- next episode when we get to Dreamcast stuff, I'm guessing you'll have uh, played quite a lot of those. He'll pick up, he'll pick yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Um, okay, well, well, we know it's a game changer for Matt. Um, Rich, would you say it's a game changer or would you disagree? I guess at a personal level it is, but I can't ignore the fact that that was a massive game from a massive series. You know, it'd go on to spawn many sequels. Mm-hmm. You know, the survival, sor- bleh, the survival horror genre in itself. Mm. It started really Resident Evil. Okay, there was probably a few games before that, 
But um, yeah, no, absolutely a game changer, definitely. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I agree with uh, Matt all the way. It's a it's a it's a, it's a turning point in in gaming for me, um, and I think for most people, is that game was just uh, amazing, and so many amazing moments the the moment that um mr x bursts through a wall in the library and just completely oh. takes you by surprise that, mm. that shit me up for so long and i was playing that with somebody and both I, I think i let no if i remember rightly um again i keep mentioning steve me and steve basically our, our gaming past is intertwined because we basically spent um from 1998 to 2002 basically playing games together and resident evil 2 is one of them and i think i was on the phone to him as you do back in the day, you're on the landline to your friend um, after school. And I was playing Resident <laughs> Evil 2 at the same time, just kind of, you know, just having a chat. And I must have let out the, the stupidest scream ever because he just went, what's wrong? And it's because Mr. T had burst his way through the wall. Mr. The T? Phone, not Mr. T had burst through the wall. <laughs> now, that would be something. Was that, that in your house? Something. Was that your house? Of my house, yes. Oh, wow. Oh, man. I'd have screamed in delight if he'd have burst through my wall. Oh, wow. In delight, Matt, in delight. Wow, okay. <laughs> that's a bit of a strong word there. <laughs> Does your fiancé know that that's, uh, that's something you'd scream in delight at? Mm. <laughs> um, oh, Mr. God. X is definitely what I meant. Definitely not Mr. T. <laughs> Although somebody should really, in Resident Evil 2, they should patch Mr. T in now. Like they've done with Thomas the Tank Engine and uh, oh, I love the Thomas the Tank Engine one. That's yeah. so good. Pennywise oh, as well. Have you seen the yeah the Pennywise ones? Utterly horrific. It is really yeah. 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 It's modern day Pennywise. The whole uh, in mm. chapter two Pennywise. Oh my god. Awesome. Yeah. Well, if anybody's oh, listening who's into modding and does uh, modding on Resident Evil two, patch in Mister T. Uh, let's get Mister T <laughs> rampaging through the Resident Evil two remake. Um, so yes, definitely a game changer for me. So that's three game changes in a row. Um, let's see if the next one makes it. Um, another, yet another N64 game, Rich. I keep saying Rich, it's, it seems to be the N64 person here. Um, we've got... The only games I play, but hey. <laughs> um, So this released in November 1998, and it was F0X. Yeah. Um, Rich, what do you think about this game? I bloody love this game. I never... People speak very highly of the original SNES one. Never really played it. Um, never had it on SNES. But for me, this is where the series began. That, that game I fucking loved. Absolutely <laughs> loved. I mean, I'd already developed a bit of a taste for the futuristic racer with like Wipeout and um, later on Extreme G. But whenever Zero X came out, just amazing. I loved um, how Nintendo just kind of basically stripped the game down to nothing threw everything out in the kitchen sink just to make it run as fast as possible <laughs> i always found that very admirable mm-hmm. um yeah i actually love the game so fast even today i mean there's probably still there's some games nowadays that are faster by the time on the n64 i mean what it must have been 30 frames surely that was 60 frames a second back then but it ran so smooth and I, I loved it um favorite mode is probably the uh deathmatch mode when you have like the 30 ships and you're just basically last one standing knocking each other off the edge of the mm-hmm. track and i think that's something that would probably go very well in a more of a battle royal mode today for a, you know a modern incarnation online you know 99 ships that'd be amazing f099 there you go yeah you giving go. Them, you giving go. nintendo ideas there rich yeah do it do it <laughs> Well, that's probably the one series more than anything people might speak of things like Mudder or Pikmin that they really want 
mm. Nintendo to bring back, but for me, as BF Zero, that's that's the series I want to see return, and they seem to be dragging their feet on it. I don't mm. know why. Well, I mean, Weird. it's not been that long since the last Pikmin game. To be fair, it was like Wii U was the last Pikmin game, whereas yeah. F Zero has been GameCube since we've had the last. Uh, uh, no, I, I game. love F Zero. Love it. There you go, um, Matt. What about you? Uh, what are your thoughts about F Zero X? Um, if you'd have said F Zero GX, it would be a different conversation. I think um, that was when I really got into the game. Um, mm. It was another F Zero X was another game that my friend had on the the console swap during the summer. Mm. I never never understood it. Uh, I, I didn't. I I grew up on the PlayStation, so I had Wipeout, Wipeout twenty ninety seven, and that was that was what cool anti grab racing was to me. Obviously, you had the Designers Republic, you had real kind of edginess and soundtrack and everything. Mm-hmm. So as a result, I mean, obviously, it's a Nintendo game. Nintendo games are always going to play in that certain kind of almost safer, kind of more mm. more childlike. I think childlike's a crass way to put it, quite frankly. But compared to Wipeout, it, it just didn't quite wash with me. Um, especially as Wipeout 1, the first one was the, um, I think it was the third game I ever played on the PlayStation. Mm-hmm. Um, the the problem with F Zero um, is I just found it a bit dull. It was very quick. There was some fantastic tracks in it. Um, the characters seemed to be well developed, but the controls were impossible at times. Um, and I know that's part of the point. I I, I know I, I know you shake your head. I can say that. that's fair. <laughs> that's absolutely fair. But at the time, I just couldn't get the grips with it. F Zero GX, I think, as I matured as a gamer as well. I was able to really understand how to power across. The controller was a lot better as well in that yeah, I found. I mean, the GameCube controller is so sorry. underrated. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, the N64 controller is awful, but the, the GameCube controller is one of the best of all time, uh, in mm. my opinion. Um, I I just... it It's not a bad game. I, I won't, I'll never say it's a bad game. It was just not a game that really connected with me, quite frankly. There you go. Any comeback there, Rich? You seem ready to... Say something back. Oh, I think that's fair. Yeah, it's not. It wasn't a tear down. You know, it's very fair. I get that. So I'm not. I'm not upset. I'm not gonna. I'm not okay. gonna cry. I don't have to diffuse any <laughs> any tension here. Then no. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> good. 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 Um, so, Rich, for you, that's a game changer then. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, I said, going back to what Matt said about like Wipeout. Um, absolutely, I totally agree. I think that left more of a mark on me overall because of the coolness factor that was at the time when i was about to get the playstation and how trendy it was the nightclub culture that was around it it was such a game of its time yeah and yeah i I love it from the soundtrack everything f0x was more cartoon like Mm. but for me as a game overall actual playability i did enjoy f0x a lot more um just i just loved the pace of it i loved how simple it was how stripped back it was, um, but then it's a, for me, it's a game changer. It was it was one of my favorite times on the N sixty four. So personally, yeah, definitely a game changer. There we go, um, Matt. What about you? Would you say game changer, game shit? I would definitely would never say it was shit, but mm-hmm. it wasn't a game changer for me. I think okay. for the console, maybe it was, um, but I think that going back to what Rich was saying earlier, and it's something that amazes me that I cannot believe there isn't an F zero. In, even on the Wii or the Wii U or you know the Switch, mm-hmm. and there's been no talk of it. Um, I think that that is an awful way of putting it. Is almost a justification that it wasn't quite the game changer a lot of people mm-hmm. make it out to be now. Um, but it does need a new one. 
It really does. Uh, I'm just going to stick with game on that one. It's definitely not shit. It's a, it's a, it's a game. In absence of F Zero, though, we need to big up Fast RMX. I bloody love that game. Oh. So good. Yeah. So good. Mm-hmm. I think I put that was on the Wii U originally, wasn't it? And then it's the port. Fast RMX yeah. is the Switch port. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, it was my first ever eShop purchase. Nice. And still, I love the game. Still play it now. It's <laughs> absolutely fantastic. Still one of the best looking games on Switch as well. Mm. I'd, I'd, I'd pay £40 tomorrow for a virtual console version of Beatle Adventure Race, and I'm just going to put that out there. <laughs> there go. Just me, then. All right. <laughs> EA will never release it on Switch, though, will they? Come on. They don't release anything on Switch. But... Yeah, that's true. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 another game, because I didn't own the N64, that I, I'd never played, so I can't say it's shit, but I also can't say it's a game changer, so I will go with Matt again. And say that it's a, it's just a game. Um, so we've got our first non-game changer. <laughs> um, there we go. It's broken the, uh, broken the streak. Um, let's see if the next one gets us back on track. Um, the next game that we'll be talking about, another PS1 game, released in October 1998. Mm-hmm. And um, it's actually getting a, I think it's a remake, or I believe it's a remake, uh, very soon. The demo's just come out on PS4. It's Medieval. Um, Matt, any thoughts memories about this one at all so you cut out the title so i don't know what it is i'm intent to hooks i'm assuming it's medieval but I might be you wrong. would be right in assuming that yes uh, it's only remake i can think of so uh, okay yeah um matt any thoughts about medieval uh medieval um it was one of those ones that i actually skipped accidentally i played the demo of it uh back mm-hmm. in the day as a loyal subscriber to official playstation magazine from issues 31 to 102 if i remember rightly and that was basically when they were just going oh here have all the tomb raider demos have all the medieval demos etc you know um i think um i the first medieval i played was medieval 2 and it was a very good game uh, hmm. Medieval 1, the demo was, was excellent as well, but going back to it, even at the time, it did seem, it did it lacked the panache of, um, well, I'm not going to say it because it is literally the next item on the list, um, <laughs> but um, there was a glut, an absolute glut of third person uh, games on the PlayStation because they were just opening up this magic Pandora's box of what can we do with 3D third person? Because uh, you had like the Kuji, the Heartless, and Death Trap Dungeon, and all these games that were small soldiers, you know, another utterly brilliant game. Um, but I think that um, Medieval, it had a really good mascot. I don't even know his name, actually. What is the name? Is it Miss is... Sir something? Sir, Sir John Medieval, is it? Yeah, yeah, that'll do. Yeah, yeah, that'll do. Yeah. Um, so, so John Medieval, he's obviously he's got no bottom jaw, which was you know he's very cartoonish, and the game was very cartoonish. It was very fun, mm. um, but I don't know. It's it almost kind of falls into an anonymity now for me, um, and I think that you know the remastering of Medieval, it didn't come as a surprise because it's a very strong IP, um, and it's a very good game. But all all things considered, I just think it's a bit. It's just another game of the time, really. It's, it's an mm-hmm. odd one, really, for me. Yeah, there we go. Um, Rich, what about you? <laughs> it was very. It was. It was. Sorry, it was a demo for me. I yeah. played it. I played the demo, but beyond that, I never picked it up again. So, I can't really speak for it. I was very much happy playing Crash at the time and uh, Gex. So yeah, there you go. Um, Down my platform experiences. I'm sorry. There's no medieval. <laughs> I'm afraid. Are you looking forward to the re- the remaster? Oh, I can't wait. Yeah, those memories come flooding back from that demo I played. 
for 10 minutes. <laughs> oh, wait. It was tear in my eye. Do you even have a PS4, Rich? You, I don't think you've got one, have you? I did. And then I just thought, I don't play this anymore, so I sold it. And I bought Wolfenstein and something else on my Switch. So got some good money for it. Yeah. I, I mean, they're exactly the same board. I sold my PlayStation 4 because I never played mine. And I never would again. I would, I'll never buy another normal console. I'm done. Hybrid, handheld. That's it. You see, I've got, I've got I've got a Nintendo Switch set upstairs that I'm boring off my boss, and I played about an hour of Mario Kart 8, which I yeah. already have on the Wii U, and um, I think I developed a Vibration White Finger in my in my right hand playing it because Ooh. it is the most uncomfortable. I didn't really. I was I was just a bit hyperbole <laughs> for you guys, um, <laughs> but the um, it, it's. It, without a grip on it, I know that you can get those grips for the Nintendo Switch, but mm-hmm. it, is, it must be the most uncomfortable thing for me to hold. I am a left-hander; that might be an issue, but goodness me, that it's not a comfortable console to hold. Mm. No, I got better, but early on, I did have some bad cases of cramp. Definitely was, yeah, it was destroying my hands. But over time, I adapted. Uh, <laughs> I've got claws now, but they don't hurt. So. <laughs> Well, um, not much. Well, we've, we've strayed into other topics, so obviously nobody really Sorry. cares about medieval. No, no, it's fine. I don't. I have. I've never played medieval at all. Um, I think one of, the, me. one of the only reasons I brought it up, I guess, is uh, it, you know it was released in 1998, but because of the, you know, the remaster. Um, but none of us have played it really, apart from maybe mm-hmm. a demo. So, I guess none of us can say it's shit, and none of us can say it's a game changer. Would that be right? Yeah, I'd call that. Yeah, I won't, I won't take a crap on it. Absolutely not. It's not right. the game's fault. I haven't played it, so yeah, it's a game. There we go. I think I jumped. Sorry, I jumped ahead there, but still, no, that's <laughs> fine. We'll we'll move straight on to something that I think most of us have played, hopefully, uh, which um, Matt alluded to, and that is another PS One game uh, released the same month as Medieval, even uh, October nineteen ninety eight, and that was Spyro the Dragon. Um, Matt, I'll come to you again. This one um, it sounds like you've played a bit more of the Medieval. Oh, absolutely! Mm-hmm. It's um, the original Spyro trilogy is one of the uh, absolute cornerstones of gaming on the PlayStation for me. It was just fantastic. The way they changed it up slightly with every outing was brilliant. Mm-hmm. It had that kind of cartoon wackiness that Crash had, where the baddies were just stupid and ridiculous, but they didn't really put that much effort into really maintaining um, a storyline beyond just progressing and having fun. And I think that games don't don't take that risk as often these days. They don't have that kind of um, self-awareness about them, quite frankly. I know there's some that actually almost go a bit too far the other way and are a bit too self-aware, and then it just doesn't make it fun. Um, Spyro, um, the, just the mechanics of it were brilliant. The fact that I think it was the first game I ever played where you got over 100% completion if you actually did everything. You got like 117%, I think it was, and, and all that, you know. Um, but... I recently went back and did the um, the Reignited trilogy, um, mm. completely three thousand G out of three thousand G on the achievements uh, because <laughs> I am that guy. Um, but um, it it really it didn't really need to add to the actual base experience of the PlayStation One game, which is really good. I mean, obviously, it just completely redeveloped the world, but the, the levels at their core were exactly the same. Mm. And they were just as enjoyable. And yeah, you know, it's only eight, nine hours, if that. I think maybe even seven hours for the first one, um, even for 100% completion. But it's 
utterly wonderful game. And I, I, I'm really surprised that Spyro as an IP didn't continue on very well. I know they basically tried to redesign them for Skylanders or yeah. what became Skylanders. Mm-hmm. Um, and then all of his PlayStation 2 games were absolute hot garbage. Absolute, oh, really? utter, utter Tommy Rot, the lot of them. <laughs> I, I couldn't stand any of them. But then again, that might have been my own maturity or teenage rebellion playing out against me and <laughs> wanting to play gta 3 instead so you know but yeah, yeah it's a triple a for me yeah a star times 10 didn't um i don't know if it was the ps2 ones maybe the xbox 3 because it was one on the xbox 360 if i remember rightly but didn't they get like elijah wood to voice spyro after a while in what at least oh, one of the games not. I'm pretty sure that he was oh, in it. Jeez. They got like oh. they got like proper Hollywood voice talent, That's and I weird. can't remember if it was the PS2 ones or if it was when they was it Enter the Dragonfly or something they did at some point. Uh, somebody's gonna have to tell us on Twitter, but there was there was yeah. one that they went absolutely they went all out on to try and make it like this massive title and got all these famous actors. Uh, for some reason, I think Gary Oldman was in it. I'm probably wrong about that, but I have like this feeling. Why not? Um, he'll do most things though these days, I suppose. Um, if I remember rightly, Gary Oldman is eight days younger than Gary Newman. Okay, that's just an so you know. Fact. By the way, just yeah. yeah. Any, anybody wondering? <laughs> no, no need to wonder anymore. Um, <laughs> Rich, um, did you play Spyro? That was just our podcast where we get me to play games and IPs that other people <laughs> rave about because I never really played Spyro. I played, the, I did play the first one for a good bit, but I never went on to play sequels. It wasn't. Wasn't a series I gravitated towards. Wasn't it? Never really sparked my imagination. I was, I'd say, I was very much into Crash at the time. Mm-hmm. You know, there were some really good 3D platformers coming out on the PlayStation. Yeah, but I don't know why I, d- I didn't really get into Spyro as a character. And I think for me, then with a lot of those games, the character was the hook. Mm-hmm. And no, nah, I, I never really played much Spyro, unfortunately. So. Mm-hmm. I haven't got a lot to say. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> you played some of the first yeah. one you mentioned. It is the first one we're yeah. talking about today. I totally liked it. Yeah, true, true. But no, I did I did enjoy it. But I don't know. It's never really... <sighs> no, it's not, it's not really spot my imagination like it has for a lot of people. Yeah. I don't... Fair. I mean, maybe I should go back and actually get the remasters for the Switch. Maybe See what the fuss was all about. Maybe you should... <laughs> There you go. I don't know. Sorry. It's, it, it does sound like we need to start like a separate, like maybe like a video Seriously, podcast I'll, with... Uh, I'll be up for it. Yeah. Rich playing games that he never played in the 90s. Each week we just think of something and then I come back afterwards and give my thoughts, you know. We should do it. We should, if it's popular enough. <laughs> in, the co- in the comments, in the, in the uh, Twitter comments when we release this, you know, tell us if you want to see Rich play old games and, uh, and we'll do it. Um, okay. I, Spyro is definitely I've I've played a, a little bit of it, um, and I think the biggest thing for me is the way that Spyro controlled. I think it was very different from all of the other three D platformers at the time. The fact that you could kind of glide and fly a bit and breathing fire, you know, all all dragony things. Um, dragons are cool, so having you know being able to control a dragon was pretty awesome. I think, um, but I don't yeah, yeah I don't I agree. have yeah absolutely hundred percent. I think any, anything. Does anybody remember? Is it Dracan? It was a PS2 game, um, and you were like, I can't remember what the name of the main character was, but you flew a dragon, and you were basically going around this world, flying a dragon, breathing fire, setting fire to lots of things. Any game that has a dragon in, basically, it, it, I would play it. But you know, it, pretty good being able to fly around and set things on fire. Yeah, so it's a good gameplay hook. Um, 
rich? Are we saying? I've not heard you call the game shit yet. Um, would you I'm, say this one's too shit? nice? I don't, I just don't feel nice. like it's the industry's fault. I don't play anything, so. <laughs> so this one's just a game um, for you then. <laughs> it's a game. I mean, it's, game. it's very much. It's much loved. I mean, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna take a shit on it. It's. It's a game for me. Maybe just asking you to take a shit on it, Rich. But you know. <laughs> <laughs> I will mail you a copy myself if you want Thank to you. take a shit on it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll post the pictures online <laughs> please don't, no don't um, not on the official account um, <laughs> Matt <laughs> what about you? oh god uh, you know what, despite the fact that it was a crowded market it was a game changer and I think the fact that it was remastered alongside Crash very recently <clears throat> there's no question for me it's a strong IP and maybe mm. hopefully one day they'll actually do it justice and do another good one so mm. yep, yeah, game changer for me okay, okay um, I'm gonna have to side with Rich on this one just because I haven't played a huge amount, and and I do think I do wonder if, uh, as you said before, Matt about um, um, F Zero X, um, the fact that you know we haven't had those big sequels that have done very well. If that's not a a reason why it's not really done as well, um, so yeah, I think it's just a game, uh, a good game. You know, I do enjoy it, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it a game changer in terms of gaming overall, personally. But there you go. Well, you're wrong. Oh well, okay. <laughs> you want to fight about it? <laughs> give me, a, give me seriously, give me a Gex remaster. I'll be happy. Right, don't get me started on that. Actually, that's that's coming soon. That's coming later. Oh my word, Gex. Oh, is Les- is Leslie Phillips still alive? Because we need him for the voice. Well, no, Danny John Jules did. Um, oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, did Deep Cover Gecko, which was the one after. Such that. a weird departure from Leslie Phillips to go to. It is, yeah. <laughs> Smooth Danny talker Jones. to Cat from Red Dwarf, yeah. <laughs> yeah, true. Oh, my God. Oh, that's weird. What a weird shift. Um, well, let's move on to one. I, I'm not sure if any of us are going to have played this because it's a Saturn game, and I don't know if any of us actually had a Saturn. Um, oh, well, which is. Uh, which is maybe maybe played it. Uh, June 1998, this one came out. Uh, it was a Sonic team game, Burning Rangers. Um, Rich, you kind of made a noise. Do you, have you played bits this of, one? Played bits of it at my uh, mate's uncle's house years ago. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, impressive, I know. But... <laughs> mate's uncle's house, great. Okay. That's, a, that's a great little game, though, seriously. No, yeah. I mean, again, played it for a limited amount of time. Mm-hmm. You're not going to start was, crying, uh, are you? No, 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 no. <laughs> I cry a lot of things, but I went at Burning Rangers. Um, that's, that's, quite late, that's quite late into Saturn's life, wasn't it? So yeah. around that time, I think they'd really got the most out of it they could. I thought it was a bloody you know, good-looking game for mm-hmm. the Saturn in 3D, which was never the, the best thing. Mm. But that's something I want to see come back, definitely. We should we the new Burning Rangers, goddammit. Well, we're getting a lot of, um, we're getting a lot of Dreamcast ports uh, supposedly coming to the... Uh, Switch, perhaps we can uh, get some Saturn ports. Well, actually, House of the Dead 1, if it's true that it's coming out, that was a Saturn game, so maybe we can get them to get Burning Rangers Pans over the Dragoon counts as well. That's so. true. Very true. Mm. Um, so you've played a little bit of it. Matt, have you played yeah. any of it? Uh, no. Um, and I have decided that I want to do a little bit of research into it while my dog bites the hell out of my uh, my hand. Um, <laughs> that uh, he's, he's feeling a bit left out as game popper, oh. so uh, oh. never mind. Um, yeah, he's just been ragging my jeans the entire time. Um, <laughs> I've literally just read the point on uh, the Google search for Burning Rangers as mm-hmm. Burning Rangers is set in a futuristic society in which fire is the remaining danger. So I don't really understand, <laughs> but I'm really intrigued. 
Like, <laughs> crime just fire. Yeah, war's gone, crime's done, racism's gone forever, sexism can <laughs> fuck off, but fire, holy shit. Not even water's a danger anymore, because everyone can presumably float or has those devices from Phantom Menace where they can <laughs> breathe underwater. And, you know, what other things, you know, like... I, I, I don't get it. It just sounds amazing. But, yeah, it's called Burning Rangers, so one presumes that rangers are on fire and hence in very much danger. So mm-hmm. it sounds like a very typical Saturn game, quite frankly, <laughs> but... Um, yeah, never played it. Never played it's, it. It was a very important game for the Saturn because I think that was where was one of the real last ones to come out. Mm. It was a real, one of the real last gasps of the Saturn's life, and it was the, mm. I think it was Yuji Naka that produced it. You know, obviously the father yeah. of Sonic. Mm. So that's yeah. yeah, that's that's quite big. And well, it, it was yeah, it was a really cool game. What I did play, impressive. Yeah. Because it was five years. It must have been five years after release. Because it was 94, wasn't it? The yeah. second game Jeez. out. Mm. And that's yeah. insane that it's five <laughs> years after. I mean, obviously, there's there's a couple of games I know off the top of my head that came after the Saturn that I'll probably discuss later. But goodness me, what quite the swan song from the 97% of people on Google who liked it. So, you know, it's... Uh, mm. yeah. there, we, there, there we have it. Uh, Burning Rangers. I don't have anything to say about it because like the N64, I didn't own Saturn. Quite why I'm doing this podcast, I'm kind of questioning myself now. Um, <laughs> since I haven't played most games. And I've written this list, by the way, uh, listeners. I've written this list. I just think they're interesting games. Um, I thought we may have some conversation about it. Uh, but nobody else has really played it either, apart from Rich at his mate's uncle's house. So, um, game changer, everybody? is. Uh, are, we, are we saying Burning Rangers is a game changer or not really? Uh, I'd see. I'd, I would say more of a game because mm-hmm. I mean it, it was a great game for the Saturn, but it's not gone on to really inspire other genre. Another genre. It's not mm-hmm. gone on to spawn any sequels. It's not no. left much of a mark other than great Saturn game. So yeah. not much of a legacy really. No. But great game. It was the a Saturn. great game for the Saturn. It was it was welcome at the time for a console that yeah did basically shit the bed from yeah. day one and. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, it is a great little game, but I think it's a game, nothing more. Yeah, a great game for the Saturn doesn't mean a whole lot, really, does it? I suppose it's uh, mm. it's the Saturn. Um, <coughs> Matt, what about yourself? Game as uh, well? I think I'm going to have to say game. I know that uh, my uh, good friend and uh, contributor to Game Tripper, uh, Dan Driver, um, has named it on his own list of favourite games from 1998. And mm-hmm. of all the people I've ever trusted with an opinion on games, it's him. So okay. no offense, gents, um, but uh, he's he's always managed to, and he was a massive Saturn fan as well to his credit. Mm-hmm. Um, so I am I'm on on the face of it, I'm just going to say it's a game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I agree with your criticism that you know it didn't really lead onto anything. So yeah, probably just a game. A game it is, a game it is. Right, um, the last game on my list. I know it's not the last game I'm going to talk about um, this evening, but it's the last game I've got for us to talk about. Um, I'll say up front, uh, and, and it feels like half of the list I've not played. I've not played this game. Um, my other half is a massive fan and um, and very much loves these types of games. Um, so I know a lot about it. I just haven't played it. Uh, it's a PC game um, released in October 1998. A lot of these games are October, November games. Um, and this one is Grim Fandango. Um, Matt, is this one you have played? Have you got any specific memories about Grim Fandango? Grim Fandango is a very weird one because um, I, I grew up playing LucasArts games mm. and um, it was, you know, you had your uh, Day of the Tentacle, um, Manic Mansion, Maniac Mansion, sorry. Uh, 
and obviously the Monkey Islands and things. And then Grim Fandango comes along, um, and it was such an odd game. It was such an odd style, that kind of uh, that noir style of of gaming. And I must admit, the the first half of Grim Fandango is one of the best games, arguably of its era. Um, and then the second half lost me to the point that I never completed it. And I've always, that's always kind of hung over my head as a, I can't believe it. And I've, I've re-bought it three times for different consoles and PC and I've still never gotten around to it because I know that that, that last, that last half of the game just, just kind of loses itself. But it is possibly one of the most beautiful games of its era, in my opinion. Hmm. Uh, Rich, what, what about what your thoughts about Grim Fandanga? Do you agree with Matt? Never played it. <laughs> what a surprise! What a surprise! I, it was that whole kind of genre was something I never really played. To be fair, okay, I never really did. Honestly, so it's. I know it was quite big at the time. Mm-hmm. I, I lot, yeah, you know, watched it on a lot of the um, video game shows at the time. That was the big most awareness I had of its existence, mm-hmm. but never picked it up. Never played it. Never sought it out. I know it's on the Switch now, but mm-hmm. it's true. I'm not even tempted to get that. Oh. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> like, wow. Sorry. Fair. Fair enough. Um, but again, I won't hold it against the game. No. I think it's going to be really difficult to get you to uh, to say that a game is shit, isn't it? <laughs> I'm, I'm just too nice. Too we'll see. Nice. There'll be some stuff later on, I'm sure. Okay. So. I'll try and find one yeah. specifically. Um, so at this point, I'm kind of feeling like I should almost just hand over... To, I'm going to hand over to Matt in a second, actually, but I feel like I should just hand over the show because he seems to know more game, more about games than me and Rich combined. Um, so, um, so I suppose all that's left is, um, do we think it's a game changer? Uh, Rich, I'm pretty sure I can guess what you're going to call this Stone one. Stone Cold Game. Stone Cold, Stone game, Cold game, I'm afraid. Okay. Yeah. Matt? Uh, game. Yeah? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Is that because the second half just wasn't what you were wanting, game, expecting? Every <laughs> <Never> game. <laughs> it exists. Yeah, just, just, just. Uh, it, it didn't, it didn't live up to uh, to the rest of LucasArts um, stuff. And I mean, that's like, you know, I mean, it's the worst comparison to give because it sets such a high bar for itself. Mm. Um, but I think that the yeah, bit of a shame, really. But I'm just going to call it a game. Okay. Um, me too. Um, I'll call it a game. Not that I've ever played it, but I will. Um, you know, I'll put it out there again. I think a lot of people that I know actually kind of really admire the game and uh, and really enjoy it. So, you know, that's why I definitely wouldn't call it shit. Um, being nice to it as well. So there we go. Um, that's all the games that I've kind of got on my list. And um, I was going to ask if there are any any games that you both wanted to talk about, but I know for a fact that there are some games that Matt wants to talk about. So I'll hand over to Matt first. Matt, what? Uh, what games from 1998 did you want to bring up? Well, I kind of, I kind of feel like a bit guilty. I don't want to steamroll uh, Rich on this one, but I assume that Rich might be wanting to talk more about N64 than PlayStation. Oh, you'd be surprised. No, PlayStation definitely is a big one. So, but fair enough. You go ahead. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll do a select few, and then you have a go. And then if there's any that we've neither of us are cleared off, I'll do that probably the best way to do it um the first yeah. two i will uh, i will mention um just well first three actually on behalf of uh sly pug to uh game tripper <laughs> is um there's three games from 1998 that actually feature on game tripper um they'd be again remiss of me to mention um uh, shane battams um who's a writer for the pixel empire he's on twitter under uh, at steady sphere 
Um, he wrote about Crash Bandicoot Warped, which is, uh, I would argue, probably the best of the three um, Crash Bandicoot originals. Um, actually, it's a very beautiful write-up as well. Um, and then Dan Driver, aforementioned Dan Driver, at Swooper underscore D, if memory serves correctly, um, he has two favourites from the Sega Saturn. He's a massive Sega nerd. Um, but he chose uh, to write about Radiant Silvergun, which is, in my opinion, the single hardest game I have ever played in my entire life, and I have no idea how he completed it. Um, and then there is uh, Panzer Dragoon Saga, which was mm-hmm. uh, a bit like uh, Burning Dragons, Blazing Dragons, was it? The one where fire is the only enemy of the world. Oh, Burning Rangers. <laughs> burning <laughs> Rangers, that's it, yeah. So Burning <laughs> Fire is the only enemy. Um Again, Panzer Dragoon Saga is possibly, it's well, it certainly sounds like the greatest swan song. And I mean, it was even uh, going for the best part of 60 quid on release back then, which would now mm. be about 135 quid or something. It'd be ridiculous with inflation. Um, and it really pisses me off as well because, and Dan Driver, I'm calling him out right now, has pissed me off because, in my opinion, his write up about Panzer Dragoon Saga completely eclipsed anything I've ever written for my own website. The story <laughs> is that good, but it basically comes down to the fact that him and his friend buy games separately. Shannon Force <laughs> 3, if I remember rightly, which is probably another, well, must be another 1998 game, I assume, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, Panzer Dragoon Saga, um, and they both buy them because they have different uh, payment schedules when they're growing up and getting pittance for doing what they're doing. And um, they decide that one of them's going to buy one early, one of them's going to buy one late, and then they're going to swap over mm. once they've gotten all that. And um, a tragedy befalls him. And, well, basically, somebody kicks a ball at his bike. He crashes his bike, and the bottom two discs of Panzer Dragoon Saga got sheared off the bottom of the box, Ooh. which yeah. he still owns. And there's much more to the story after that, because obviously that being 1998, he ended up having to complete it somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, but being the quite the rare game it was, um, absolutely unbelievable story. I just I just wish tragedy had befallen me to such a degree that I had a decent story to talk about on Game Tripper, but sadly not. So, um, But I am amazed on two counts that you've missed, uh, Tekken 3. I have no idea how you missed that. Wow. That is such a big game for 1998 for me. Mm. I do remember um, that as well, yeah. How was, it another, was it another demo or was it... Because uh, a lot of people played that on demo, that was the thing. A lot of people played it on demo but mm. never really played it, the full game. But uh, um, yeah, I have I I absolutely fell in love with that. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just say Gex Enter the Gecko and I'm going to let Rich come back onto that because it sounds like he's much more passionate about that than I am, even though I love that game. That's the Leslie Phillips one as well. Um, hello. Oh, hello. Um, and two, well, actually, I'm going to say three more games. Um, okay. Two of them were on PC that nobody's ever heard of, but just honorable mentions to a game called Viper Racing, which was uh, a Dodge Viper racing game, which had a very weird mechanic where if you flipped your car, it had like the Robot Wars style Shremek self-writing mechanism button where you could like flip your car around but if you held it down sure you can't beat a shreemek um <laughs> Robo was, man. I love it. oh exactly you know well chaos <laughs> 2 you know chaos 2 pioneered that shit quite frankly yeah, um but, <laughs> but the I'm um, a razor guy myself so. <laughs> fair 
Uh, it wasn't very powerful. Um, but the um, uh, the Shremek on Viper Racing, if you held it down, your car would constantly, repeatedly bash itself into a tiny little block. And I have no idea why. It was just it was just something that they never really figured out. Um, and then there was a game called um, Carnivores as well. I don't know if either of you guys have heard of it. No. Carnivores, you were stuck on an island. It was a bit like Jurassic Park, but on a smaller scale, and you hunted dinosaurs. And you had a crap okay. shotgun, a relatively decent crossbow, which was silent, or a sniper rifle, which was like the ultimate weapon. And it was it was my life growing up. And uh, finally, Buster Groove. Better than Parappa the Rapper. Calling it now. <laughs> Mic drop. Once again, that's uh, at Game Tripper UK. Uh, please send uh, please send all your hate there. Um, you, I can really feel the regret in your voice of inviting me onto this podcast. No, no regret, no regret, no, absolutely fine. I don't, honestly, I really want to read the story about um, Panzer Dragoon Saga now. Though I think I'm going to have to go off and read that after this. Um, just remind everybody what's phenomenal. the what's the name uh, the website address uh, that they can all go to to read that. Um, it is www.gametripper.co.uk. Um, it's uh, all one word, and it's basically like the song Day Tripper by the Beatles, but Game Tripper. Um, you can see my uh, influence there, quite frankly. So <laughs> lots of stories from lots of people. We're nearly on 100 stories already, which is absolutely wow. wonderful. Brilliant. Awesome. Uh, well, yeah, I'll definitely be going and reading uh, reading the Panzer Dragoon saga later before bed. Um, Rich, it sounds like we should probably go to the Gex game first. It's uh, Matt's giving you a nice lead into to Gex there. I actually kind of want to skip Gex. I'm not going to lie. Ooh. Oh, don't Ooh. do that to me. I'm uh, yeah, kind of not thinking so much a lizard, more of a gecko. I'm thinking more of a a, a bear and its bird friend, Banjo Kazooie. I mean, come on, yeah. how did you miss that? <sighs> I mean, I, mean, I always talk about Mario 64. Um, Banjo Kazooie, I never actually owned. Played it, played it basically all the way through, but never actually owned it myself. But I think this is when we're obviously in the golden age of Rare and Nintendo's you know, relationship, mm-hmm. and that was an infinitely superior 3D platformer. Um, pushed in 64 to its limit. I mean, obviously, you know, we enjoying banjo kazooie again today on smash um the two characters that people have a lot of love for and I, I just do think it was a far superior 3d platformer at the time when it was still quite a, a new subgenre. Mm. um fantastic game absolutely fantastic game um also we mentioned it in passing i know matt did but gran turismo i mean come on was gran turismo 98 yeah, it was actually the very end of 97 in Japan. It was like 23rd of December. Mm. And then ah. came out, yeah, about first quarter of 98. And I used to keep thinking it was a 97 game, but it's not, right. surprisingly. So, um, yeah, I mean, come on, it's one of the best racing sims of all time. That really mm. was a monumental game for the racing genre. It was. In terms of what it did with the simulation. I mean, some people will complain that it's too... It was always a bit kind of on the sterile side. Mm. There wasn't no fun to it, but I, I, I just think it's an amazing game. I mean, it's still got my favorite intro sequence of all time. Still think of Manic Street Preachers now. Like that uh, FMV still gives me goosebumps. Yeah, gives me 100%. goosebumps. 
Didn't it have uh, "Lose Control" by Ash on the soundtrack as well? Yeah, yeah, that soundtrack. I, I've still got the I've got the uh, Spotify playlist. It's mm. just such an amazing soundtrack. <laughs> I, see, I, I seem to remember we were actually stung out of a decent. Oh, did we get a better soundtrack? Because the Japanese version of Gran Turismo either had a much better or much worse soundtrack, if I remember rightly. Um, that I'm not too sure about. I think we had the better one because of the licensing issues over here. I'm sure. I'm sure we did. I mean, again, it was sort of its Brilliant. time. I, I don't want to r- just rave about a game based on its music, <laughs> but it was such an important game of its time. That's when I was in sixth form and all that kind of stuff musically. That was very much my tastes at the time, mm. as my real formative years. So stuff like that, being in a video game, was just monumental for me. Like I could just play that game just to listen to the soundtrack. And not taking and not taking anything away from the game as a racing game, obviously an absolute masterpiece. So, but yeah, Gran Turismo, it's it's fantastic. Didn't really play many of the sequels, first two for me primarily, but yeah, yeah you can't ignore Gran Turismo. No, you can't. And the, I think the second, I think a lot of people, me included, would say probably the second one is the better of the two. If you, yeah, I'd agree. Hmm. It's weird with Gran Turismo. I don't know if it was kind of getting used to the. Um, Something about that game took a hit. They tried. They obviously crammed a lot more stuff in. I found the graphics kind of had a bit of a downgrade. Mm. I always found that quite jarring. You always think it's going to get better with each version, but I think they shoved a lot more stuff in there. I mean, it was great to have all the European cars because that was the problem. That was the one problem with the first game. It was very, you know, Japan, US. Yeah. That was it. Mm-hmm. But by the time you got to the second game, it was just like Fiat's, you name it. Every, every European manufacturer under the sun, but no, that game was that game was huge. You see, yeah. I, I never I never found that with uh, Gran Turismo two looking worse. Although I, I I'm I'm sure it might have. The one game I definitely reminded me of of when they put so much in it that they have to downgrade the looks is San Andreas when compared to Vice City, because yeah. Vice City was a a tidy looking game, but San Andreas oh. looked like shit compared <laughs> to that. I never thought of that actually. I'd have to go back and see that. Wow. That's at Game Tripper UK for the comments <laughs> and the tweets. <laughs> saving me a job, saving me a job. Um, <laughs> um so we've uh, we've talked about kind of a lot of games there. I'm I'm guessing you two would say that all of those are game changers that you've just mentioned, would I be right? Yeah. 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 I am holding back on one game for later. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Intriguing. I've got like four I didn't mention, but just re- you know, off there's now. only so many games you can talk about in these situations. Could, All right, uh, Fallout Two, Tomb Raider Three, Tenchu, Stealth Assassins, Future Cop, LAPD. All fantastic out. games. That those are all. This is putting my list together. I must not have just seen half the games that released in '98 and just like ignored them completely because there's some amazing games there, like Tomb Raider Three. Even um, just taking that as an example was a, was a great game, and um, Tenchu was a fantastic game as well. Oh, Unbelievable game. Yeah. It's a shame we don't have time to talk about all of them, but um yeah, I'm sure I'm sure we'll probably read some articles on Game Tripper about some of them at some point. Somebody's bound to write something. Um <laughs> <laughs> one hopes because uh yeah, I don't have the time. I wish I did. I'm just too busy playing the games again. Yeah, too busy playing, not enough time to write about them. Yeah. Oh, awful it... situation. Yeah, yeah, so bad. Um 
So, um, before we uh, kind of move on to, uh, to to Rich's section, which I'm very much looking forward to today, now he's kind of teased us, um, and we've seen his uh, his big book as well. He gave us a look at his big book earlier. Um, <laughs> we're going to play a little bit of a quiz. Um, so we did this uh, we did this in the last episode, of course, um, and Rich won. Uh, and if Rich wins uh, the majority of these quizzes over the next twelve months, then I will think of some kind of prize to give him. I can't guarantee it'll be a good one. Um, but we'll find out. Um, so, uh, Matt and Rich, are you ready to play 1998 or 2008? Yeah. Ready. So, um, as with last episode, I'm going to read out a title for each of you. Uh, all you have to do is guess whether it was released in 1998 or 2008. Um, it's a bit harder than it sounds. Um, I say that. Matt's probably now heard of all these games and can tell me exactly when they were released. But uh, hmm. here we go. We'll find out. Uh, Rich, we're going to start with you. Um, your okay. first game is Rogue Trip Vacation 2012. When was that released? Fact, a year in the title was throwing me off. Um, I'm, I'm going to say 2008. I've never actually heard of it. Oh, it's like, okay, so I'm just going to go 2008. So, Rogue Trip Vacation 2012. You're saying it was released in 2008. <laughs> I, can... I regret that instantly. <laughs> Four years into the future. Like... Um, you should regret that. It was in fact 1998, released on the PS1. An idiot. Oh well. There we go. <laughs> Ouch, that was harsh, that man. That's I've never heard of that game in my life. No. So the point. No, is the point. Um, Matt, oh well. you are next. Um, and your game is Wild Arms XF, as X-ray Foxtrot. For those of you who uh, like to spell phonetically, Wild Arms XF was that released in 1998 or 2008? Wild Arms XF. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. I'm going to say cuz I was thinking I thought I thought you were going to say Wild 9 and that's released in 1998 if I remember rightly. I'm going to go 2008. Okay. Uh Wild Arms XF you're saying 2008. Uh you'd be correct. It was released on the PSP in 2008. There you go. Uh, oh, was a, did you say it was a PSP game PSP, as well? PSP, yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> Never held one of those in my entire life. Well, good guess then. Very good guess. Uh, that's uh, one to Matt, zero to Rich. Uh, Rich, let's see if you can catch Sorry, up. Sorry, Matt. <laughs> um, oh. Your next game, Rich, is Chocobo's Dungeon 2. Ninety-eight. I hate chocobos. Um, that to me, I have to say two thousand and eight. Two thousand and eight. Okay. Yeah, I think so. So two thousand eight, chocobos dungeon two. Uh, you are again very wrong. It was nineteen ninety-eight, oh. released in on the PS One in Japan. Oh so. man. Dear. Right. Oh dear. Oh dear. Oh dear. <laughs> um. <laughs> Matt, back to you. Um, and your game is Deep Fear. Deep Fear. That right. was 1998. I remember that coming out. You 1998, remember? calling it. You call- I know that game as well, typical. Yeah. <laughs> Can you tell me what console it was on? I think it was on the Sega Saturn. 
you, I, I don't give out a point, uh, extra points. I would if I could. Um, but yeah, you were completely right. 1998 on the Sega Saturn. Oh, Deep man. Hit. How do I remember that? Yeah. I don't even know what, what the game is, quite frankly. No. And in fact, it was, if, I, if I'm correct, it was the very last game ever released for the Sega Saturn. Um, so really, yeah, over here at least in Japan, not so much, but I think over here it was the very last game to be released for the, for the Sega Saturn. It's it sounds like an alone in the dark get kind of mm. game. Is it is it survival horror kind yeah. of horror game? Yeah, pretty much. Oh yeah. wow. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, Rich, I'm not sure you can come back from this now. Um, <laughs> let's let's find out though. Hang on. That's so. Uh, yeah, you could come back from it. We'll see. We'll see. Um, Rich, your next game um, is M&M's Kart Racing. That's M&M's the uh, the suite. M&M's Kart Racing, nineteen ninety eight or two thousand and eight. Um, God, I'm gonna say. I think it was 2008. I don't think it was the 90s. You don't think it was the 90s? No. No? Okay. I'm sure it came later. It wasn't a game I really uh, <laughs> sought out. No. Uh, I'm not sure how many people would have done. Um, I'm going to 2008. 2008? Do you, do you want to take an extra guess at what the console might have been? Um, Jeez. Wouldn't surprise me if it's one of those like shovelware games that came out like on the PlayStation Two like three years after the PlayStation Two ended. <laughs> um, well, I'll put you in misery. It was two thousand and eight. Um, oh. It was, and it came out for the Wii and the Nintendo DS. Okay. So yeah. Near enough. Yeah. Near <laughs> enough. In retrospect, that it was, does it was sound... so... Yeah. In, in retrospect, that does sound like a pile of shite Wii game. Yeah. Exactly. But I would have yeah. guessed, I'd have guessed '98 on that one. Oh, that really? Sounds like, you know, when when America was gripped by Eminem fever. Play <laughs> <laughs> one of those crappy like kart races came out, and we had like crazy frog racing on the place. Oh god, yeah. <laughs> crazy oh, frog. Fucking hell. Dear me. Um, <laughs> uh, okay, um, Matt, this is the last game that I've got for you so far. You've got two right, <clears throat> and Rich has got one. Ooh. I believe. Sounds that better. Right? Sounds much better. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, you've kind of won. I think you've won either way at this point. I'm, I'm just checking through to make sure you got. Yeah, you got the. Yeah, yeah. So you've won either way. But yeah. let's do this anyway. Um, you I, last... I got two out of two. Yeah, a bit see, of luck, but let's see if you can get three out of three. Um, okay. And really give really give Richard a good tra- a trouncing. Um, <sighs> last one: Sonic Chronicles: The Dark Brotherhood. Oh, that's Sonic Chronicles. As in, like, is that an actual Sonic game? Yep, Sonic Chronicles: The Dark Brotherhood, ninety-eight or two thousand eight. It was definitely a game. It was on a console. Um, Sonic Chronicles. I'm going to say. 2008. Yep, yeah, you're completely right. It was 2008. Oh, was it an actual Sonic game like Sonic the Hedgehog? Oh, it was. It was a. It was a 2D game. Um, it was kind of RPG light kind of gameplay, if I remember rightly. It was on the uh, Nintendo okay. DS. 
Um, so, yeah. Oh, Rich, would you have known that? That was an easy one. Yeah, we definitely. Because by the time we got to 2008, all those crap Sonic games were coming out. Yeah, uh, that's true. Yeah. True. Yeah. Um, it was, was very much post-Sonic Adventure. It wasn't ever yeah. before. It was all downhill from Sonic Adventure. He's a there. werewolf now. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a sword now. <laughs> oh, he kisses women. <laughs> oh, that that is the single weirdest moment ever. Sonic right. 2006. Oh, oh. no. Oh. Well, the woman. We'll have to go into detail on that when we get to 2006, I think. That needs that's to... not. That's gaming died. Um, I've got my tiebreaker question. Obviously, Matt, you have one. <laughs> Um, so there's absolutely no point, but I, I kind of want to go do it anyway because it's a weird title. Um, so the tiebreaker was going to be um, destroy all humans, big Willy unleashed. Um, what would you guess for that one? Ninety-eight, two thousand and eight. Destroy all humans. I remember being quite late. I'd say two thousand eight for that. Rich. I'd say she would say the same. Yeah, I think so. Destroy All Humans Big Willy Unleashed um, was 2008 on the Wii. So that's that. Um, Matt, congratulations on winning the quiz. Uh, it's a good effort. Uh, complete trouncing of Rich there, who only got one answer right. Uh, yeah, well. <laughs> I, th- I, think, I think Rich was unlucky with the questions, to be fair, because I'd have yeah, struggled with his set. Fair. Yeah. Um, but that means that it's now uh, one all, uh, guest versus Rich. Um, so cool. it's still all to play for. Uh, we'll find out next time if uh, Rich can get back on top. Um, and uh, in the meantime, uh, we've got uh, Rich's... Well, he gave us an interesting time last time with uh, talking about the internet back in the day. He's now got something even better for us. Um, so let's uh, let's go over to Rich and talk about the internet. So, okay, I'm trying to think of a really good name for this segment. Mm. I'm thinking like browsing with Barber or something. I don't know. Still uh, still working on it. Yeah. I think it's got some potential. Yeah. But... So anyway, yeah, I've got the uh, the uh, Dreamcast Internet Guide from uh, FK- FKB Publishing by esteemed author Paul Bartlett, who I actually gave a shout out to Twitter and he never responded. So Ooh. thanks, Paul. Um, <laughs> so, so each episode I'm going to pull a... Uh, a website from this book and we're going to see if it's still up and running today so but to make it a little bit interactive i'm going to ask each of you for a number and then we're going to pull a website from the corresponding page so i think andrew if you can give me a number between 94 and 201 um i'm gonna go for 101 i'm just thinking of dalmatians for some reason fair enough that's good logic (laughs) i'm scrolling through now so for the uh, the silence here, we need like a drum roll or something playing over. We need, top. We need some sound effects. <laughs> and Matt, I'll get you to give me a number between one and seven. One and seven. Yes, please. Ooh, I'm going to choose number two. Cool. Okay. So I've got <laughs> Fidelity UK at. Http colon forward slash forward slash 
www.fidelity.co.uk. This redesigned site provides a broad selection of information on investments. Market information is included here. This is exciting. (laughs) As well as interactive tolls and product details. Oh, hold me. Shall we see if it's still there? Fidelity. To, uh, I thought that was. This could have be, been so much better, but yeah, I thought that was going to be some kind of like weird, like dating app or something. I'm not dating app, but a website of some kind to do with dating. There are some really dull websites on this book, trust <laughs> me. <laughs> so I beg you, used to that. Or something like okay. kick kickbillclinton.com or something like oh, that. God. <laughs> yep, they're still around. Okay. Oh really? Oh, that was exciting. <laughs> yeah, so they uh Build a big ISA with Fidelity. Find out how we can help you invest now for your chance to win a thousand pounds in Amazon vouchers. Wow. PNCs apply. We're just giving people free advertising here. <laughs> really, That's what we're doing. That was really boring. So <laughs> I didn't, that didn't work very well at all. There's so many horror show websites in this book. I thought I'm going to get one of these, surely. So no. Maybe no. the uh, maybe picking numbers isn't the best way to go, but we'll see. Did, did you see maybe one? Maybe we'll get luckier next time. Yeah. Did you see one in particular you'd really want to look at today? Just so. <sighs> Did find the official men behaving badly website. Really? <laughs> Which there is one. Yeah. A whole website dedicated to the hit BBC comedy starring Martin Clunes and Neil Morrissey. Learn about the series and the cast. Get to grips with the blokey lingo and join in with fans for, with the fans forum. Fans Must be viewed forum. whilst drinking lager and dreaming of Kylie. Oh God. My goodness. Oh. That I need to see if it still exists. Yeah, please do. We need to know. If that takes me to, it probably just takes me to the BBC website. I would not be surprised, mm. but you never know. Well, you have to check. Weren't they? Wasn't there talk about them remaking or relaunching Men Behaving Badly soon? I'd rather eat oh, my God, own face. Oh, really? Watch that. <laughs> Remember, didn't they do the US version? Which I'm sure they did. But... Mm. Oh God, probably. Sure that was horrible. Probably. Oh, wait a second. Okay, it goes to the Fremantle website. The Fremantle, so, oh, okay. No. Of course. Yeah, so it doesn't, it, well, technically Sorry. doesn't exist anymore in that case. There we go, you can't. You, that was disappointing. We can't, we can't go to the fan forum and kind of gush over how much <laughs> we love men behaving badly. What will we do? Oh, <laughs> oh that was riveting, so I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a, it's a format in progress. I'm sure next time you'll want <laughs> something incredibly exciting to, to look at. Uh, <laughs> to be honest, I think that was quite funny. I did too. So. I enjoyed myself, gents. <laughs> good. Good. There we go. Um, oh dear. Well, we've come to the end. I think. I think that's all we've got. Um, that's all we've got time to talk about. Um, but um, let's let's kind of um, go through where we can find everybody. Uh, Matt, I mean, I've mentioned it multiple times throughout the podcast. But where <laughs> where can we find you? That's what you get for blame culture these yeah. days. But I am uh, at GameTripper. Uh, well, I'm at GameTripper UK actually. Yeah, mm-hmm. or GameTripper.co.uk uh, if you want to check me out. And uh, yeah, just fire all of the abuse that I deserve at me. Yes. Um, a knowing, a knowing nod from Rich right there, <laughs> <laughs> and a fair nod at that. <laughs> um, it's been wonderful having you on, um, regardless of uh, blaming you for all of your. Um, opinions uh, <laughs> um, Rich what about yourself where can we find you you can find me on Twitter at Dreamcast Barber you can also find me on the uh, Switch Island podcast as well you can indeed yes uh, probably on one coming up as well um, yes there we go um, and that is at the Switch Island on Twitter if you want to go and have a look at that and uh, 
give them a, a follow. Um, you can find me at Obman84. And of course, you can find this podcast and anything related to it at Dreamcast Years. Uh, it's been wonderful speaking to both of you. Thank you very much for coming on, Matt. It's been lovely having you. Thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure. Lovely. And uh, there you go. You've done your and first... Thanks for putting up with me. That's absolutely <laughs> no problem. Um, whether or not we'll put up you with, with you again is another question, but... Uh... <laughs> Um, fair. fair. Um, first podcast experience. Did you did did you like it? Did you enjoy it? Will you do it again? It's. I'll tell you what. It's really weird, but I did really enjoy it. I think a lot of it is just realizing that you're just chatting with mates about stuff you love, and that's Pretty all much. that matters. So, and th- and thank you for indulging me in that, actually, because <laughs> you forget how much you know and love certain things until you talk about them. So that it's yeah, been okay. it's been really really nice. I've really appreciated it. Thank you so much. Good. And you've proven that you know more than me and Rich about most things. So I'm sure we'll have you back on at some point just to put us to shame again. <laughs> 1998, though. I mean, different time, isn't it, really? <laughs> true, very true. You'll be all right. Yeah. You both look like upstanding human members of society, so that's all that matters. <laughs> Why, thank you. Um, <laughs> ringing endorsement there. Um, so that's all we've got time for for this time. Um, remember to tune into the Game of the Year edition podcast as well, where we'll be discussing 1998 Game of the Year. That'll be in a couple of weeks' time. Um, and yeah, thank you very much for tuning in. Until next time. <laughs>